0: Hello and welcome to Beauty Island, the podcast that celebrates life and lipstick. I'm your host, beauty journalist Brittany Stewart, and each episode I sit down with the guests to ask them about the eight beauty products that have a special memory or meaning for them that they take to a desert island or beauty island that I am casting them off to. Along the way, we also find out more about their life, career, thoughts on the industry that they work on, their beauty memories and stories, and a lot more. This week, my guest is Lisa Tay. Lisa is the co-founder of Australian fashion and lifestyle blog Couturing, digital marketing agency Taylor Group. And along with her business partner, Tom Wilton, is the co-author of not one, but two books. If that wasn't enough, she recently became the co-founder with her husband of beauty brand 101 Lifestyle, which launched into Mecca a few months ago. She is lovely. She invited me to her very Instagram-worthy Melbourne home, where we ate pizza and talked about her career change from tax to fashion, taking the leap in launching a business or idea, the value of a great business partner, eloping to Paris, as you do. Having Tony Matuszewski design your wedding dress, again, as you do. Whether Australia is really making improvements when it comes to diversity in the beauty industry. Carving a career in digital for yourself. And of course, the people and beauty products that have shaped her story. She even sent me home with a Ziploc bag full of one of the hair masks that she recommends. And I can confirm, it is excellent. I hope you enjoy. You welcomed me into your beautiful... Beyond Instagram-worthy, hope.
1: Thank you so much for having me, and I'm really honoured to be on your podcast. I've been listening to it since you launched it, and I love it. So I'm very excited to have a chat with you.
0: Thank you so much. Equally as excited <laughs> to have you on. What is your first beauty memory? That's a great question. To be honest, I
1: I think I was a late bloomer in the beauty space. You know, I think growing up, I don't, I'm, you know, I wasn't one of those girls who would raid their mum's beauty cabinet and put on lipstick or anything like that. I think growing up without social media there was really it sort of slowed down my beauty development, I guess. I look at kids and teenagers now and I think wow, they've they look so much better than I did when I was growing up. Um which I don't mind. I think it was you know good to not have the pressure of social media growing up as a kid and going through school. Um so I would say to answer your question, very long-winded way of getting there. I would say probably uni was when I really sort of got into beauty a little bit my makeup was horrendous I think the first thing I bought for some reason was a green eyeliner and I have no idea why I think I read in a magazine if you've got brown eyes buy a green eyeliner so I'm like okay cool I'll go and do that so safe to say there was some terrible terrible makeup looks in uni and fashion looks as well so thank <laughs> god that they weren't captured on social media but um you know I think beauty for me today is really focused around skincare and I think a lot of that came from my mum and you know a lot of people see her and think that she's my sister because she literally has no wrinkles and she's 60 something years old so I think she really instilled in me the importance of taking care of your skin
0: you grew up in Melbourne you've lived in Melbourne all your life you big family small family do you have many siblings
1: I yes I grew up up in Melbourne my whole life and I've got a younger brother who's three years younger and he's just finished his MBA in Chicago so he's way smarter than I am so we are
0: a high achieving family
1: (laughs) no I I I'd say I'm the black sheep of the family because I still don't think my parents even know what I (laughs) really do so I started my career in tax actually. So I did commerce law at uni and had no idea what I wanted to do. Had a great tax lecturer. So I ended up going into um, work at KPMG. That was my first job as um, in the corporate tax group there. And I really, I think early on knew I didn't fit in in the corporate world, I would come to work and I think I would wear these crazy outfits. I'd have a whole line of shoes under my desk. I'd have red shoes, blue shoes, white shoes, like every colour you could imagine. And and I really, you know, I think for me, I, I lasted in tax for probably about seven years somehow, but I think the whole time I knew that I wasn't really happy and that was something over the years that I really discovered was so important to me to be doing something that I enjoyed every day um, because I think getting up every morning trying to do your nine to five if you don't love it it's a really hard slog so I'd remember looking at my watch counting down to five o'clock every day um, you know waiting for the weekend waiting for holidays so I think that um, yeah it, it was not not the right industry for me to be in.
0: And so how did you make that transition? Because obviously I think you started couturing in 2010.
1: Yes. Yeah. But that wasn't
0: your first fashion foray into the fashion blogging world, was it?
1: No, I actually, so when I was working, I was at the tax office at the time and I um, took a couple of days off a week to do an internship at a marketing, uh, I think it was a marketing company. And it was really interesting, like the people I got to meet there really opened my eyes up to. Um, that sort of world, and I got to meet some incredible people, and through that, that's what encouraged me to start my own blog. Oh, I don't even want to say what it is because it's so embarrassing. I hope it's didn't take it not been taken down now. It's You'd so to, what is, what no, it <laughs> it's it's really quite embarrassing, but it, it focused on the business side of fashion, and you know that was something I think combined my business background with my love for fashion. I, I was always passionate about fashion, and when I was at uni, I used to make my own clothes and. They were terrible.
0: <laughs> do, you still, do you still? No. Get
1: handy with your no, I think when I started meeting, you know, amazing designers and I realized like they're so talented and I was really not talented at all. I would, you know, have to end up sticking, you know, my clothes onto my body or I'd sit down and they would break because <laughs> they'd have like a one stitch just going through the the whole outfit. So um, I think I quickly realized that designing clothes was not for me, but. I really enjoyed the stories behind my favourite fashion labels and I wanted to communicate how hard it was to actually get a garment from inception to being on the rack and I think that's something that a lot of consumers don't really um, get to see or have an understanding of. Uh, You know, I think you look at a garment hanging on a rack and you go, oh, why is it that much money? You know, it's just the material but you don't realise like it's literally... There's so much work that goes into creating that piece um, and to have that there for you, and especially even designers who manufacture in Australia, for example, um, just being aware of that and how important it is for us to support designers who are supporting the local community because, you know, the price point will be high because we pay people in Australia higher, but it's so important for us to really get behind those labels who are supporting the talent that we have in this country.
0: Absolutely, and that I guess that's a large part of what you do with couturing so we will get on to that but first I would love to hear about your first product which I believe you're wearing as we're speaking which is the Stila smudge pot yes what tell me about this one
1: to be honest I really am not that adventurous when it comes to beauty I always say that I have two looks one's like a smoky eye for day and then a smokier eye for <laughs> night so I've used a lot of different smudge pots and gel eyeliners over my time and I found the Stila one to be probably the most long lasting and the easiest to smudge smudge out and it doesn't dry up in the pot, which I really love. So I would say it's great if you want that smoky eye, if you want that kind of smoky look or if you just want to do like a winged eye, it's really great for that as well. But like I also want to talk about this product because something that I'm really passionate about in the industry is diversity and I think being of Asian descent, you know, it's so it's so interesting for me because I have seen a bit more representation of different types of beauty in media, but I still feel like there's such a long way to go in that industry. And, you know, a couple of years ago, I don't know if you remember this story, but um, David Jones put out this beauty, I think magazine, and they had a beautiful Sudanese Australian model on the front cover. And somebody commented saying, you know, Great that you've decided to put you know a beautiful model on the cover but I don't understand why you've done this because it's not representative of our population it's not you know it. I can't relate to this model why have you done this and I remember reading at the time and my initial reaction was I was just disgusted and horrified that she'd you know said something like that because for me that's just normal for me like I've just grown up and you know I used to look at beauty magazine or magazines all the time and I'd go to the beauty section. I couldn't do anything in there. Like I couldn't replicate any of the looks because my eyes were different or my face is different. You know, when contouring came out, I'm like, I have no cheekbones. I have no angles in my face. How am I going to do this? So I think for me, you know, I I almost felt a bit sad like that she couldn't even relate to, to the fact that, you know, she would be able to pick up any publication pretty much and see someone that she could relate to. But for me, it was really difficult to even find that so maybe that's why I think over time I focus more on skincare because that's something I could read about and relate to so I think yeah it's it's been interesting I think to see the slow shift in diversity and you know when we did the book um, Australian Beauty we really wanted to celebrate diversity in Australia, so we did our own beauty tutorials and we shot with lots of different ethnicity, Um, we shot with um, a transgender activist, we shot with a man. So for us, it was really important to celebrate that because Australian beauty, I mean, what, like you can't even really define it, like it's so broad. And I think that's something that's really exciting. Like we live in such a diverse multicultural um, country, but it's so sad when I look at the media and go, or even TV and I go, it's just really not representative of what the population actually is.
0: Absolutely. Do you feel like we have, Australia has made progress? Does Do you feel like we are seeing more diversity and genuine diversity rather than diversity Toking. for the sake of everyone else's being diverse we need to do it too
1: well that's a really good question it that's a hard one I still feel like there is a bit of that token oh we need to put someone of color in. let's quickly put an Asian model in or a Sudanese model in or you know someone who doesn't look like your typical blonde um, blue-eyed Australian so I feel like there's still that there's still a long way to go but you know I know that when David Jones had they named Jess Gomes as their ambassador I was like oh my god someone with Asian descent like I was really excited by that you know and I think the more that we can do that and the more that us as consumers can say to brands hey like it's not good enough to just keep putting the same sort of people in you need to be more representative you know people of different cultures different ethnicities different sizes like you know um different genders it's just yeah, we have a long way to go. Um, I would say we're slowly, slowly making steps in the right direction. But yeah, there's still a lot of work to do.
0: And you mentioned one of your books, Australian Beauty, who you co-wrote with Tom Wilton, who is your business partner for couturing. Yes. And you also and you both also wrote Australian fashion together how it I mean it, you're creating amazing things together how did you two meet in the first place we
1: so we actually connected over social media and then we met at an event at Maya and um he came up to me and we just started talking and we, it was it was like almost like a romance it wasn't <laughs> not really <laughs> he's gonna kill me for saying that but it we just clicked straight away and we just had the same visions and frustrations with the industry and we both didn't want to be um You know personal style bloggers we both wanted to create content that was unique and he was really more the creative so he wanted to do photo shoots and I wanted to tell more of the stories and do interviews so we just got to talking and then realized why don't we just start something together and that was kind of yeah I think how we both started or how Couturing started and then it's just been interesting sort of seeing the changes in um the industry over time like even now if we go to an event we're like who are these people because <laughs> we used to go, literally when we first started out we would go to them We were laughing about this the other day we would go to the opening of an envelope like we'd go to anything because we were just so excited so i'd you know after work i'd get changed to my car i'd have my outfit and i'd go out to fashion week or go out to you know whatever event was on and it was so exciting you know at the time just to be a part of this whole world that i never even knew was happening outside of my day job
0: and obviously it's now seven or eight years later has it just exceeded your expectations of what it's become because obviously now it's not just you two you've got a team of writers and and things happening on it does it do you just look back and think we did that we started that
1: it's actually crazy like i still pinch myself every day and and you know the opportunities i've had from it i just never would have thought when i first started my blog in my bedroom. I just wrote a couple of posts and I still remember that moment so clearly. And I was thinking, is anyone even going to read this other than my family? <laughs> I mean, my friends who I forced to read, um, forced them to read it. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm pinching myself every single day um, when I think of the opportunities that I've had and the position that I'm in now. And it goes back to what I was saying earlier about being happy. And I'm really driven by the desire to be happy. So, anything I do, I do it because it makes me happy. And, you know, I feel really fortunate to be in a position where I can get up every day for work, really inverted commas, because it doesn't feel like work. Like I really genuinely love what I do. And I love the people that I do it with.
0: Australian beauty and Australian style. How did that come about? And what what did you aim to achieve with these books? What did you want the books to do?
1: So Gemma, who I know you've interviewed previously, so she um, was friends with our editor at Thames and Hudson. And our editor, I think she was talking to her friend and she was saying that Talia, our editor, was interested in seeing if we could help contribute to a book on Australian style. And then so she came in for a meeting and then by the end of the meeting she's like, can you actually just write the book? And we're like, Amazing. I guess so <laughs> at the time we had no idea how much work went into it and we like Tom and I love to work really quickly so she, Talia was saying that it would take probably about 18 months on average to write a book and I think we did it in nine months and that's because we had an amazing team behind us who allowed us to take the time off to do that but um, yeah from there we just started reaching out to people that we'd sort of made friends with during our time in the industry and we were really fortunate that a lot of them were willing to give up their time to share their stories with us because they we have some amazing amazing talent in this country and for us to get the chance to actually understand their journey and their thoughts on the industry and the challenges that they're faced that was for me such a an unforgettable experience writing that book, and I actually worked in a bookshop when I was at uni. So, me too. I oh, really? Yeah. yeah, I love books, and I think there's it's there's almost something romantic about picking up a book and reading it. And you know, I do have a Kindle, but there's no nothing will ever replace the, the feeling of getting you know into a book, and you're not, you don't even realize you're turning the pages. You're just so absorbed in in the story. And yeah, I I love telling stories.
0: I think it's so interesting because that kind of taps. Back into exactly what you you started with your first block telling that it's not all the glamour of just the final product. There's a lot of hard work, there's a lot of creativity in, in that process. Yeah, that's such such an important thing to show. You said that you've had the chance to meet some really exciting people in your time in the industry. And I think there's a bit of a link with your second product, which is yes. one from Edible Beauty.
1: Yes, Edible Beauty is one of my favourite brands. And especially, you know, looking more into that natural beauty space, I did a lot of research with 101 um, into the ingredients that are in a lot of the mainstream beauty products and i came across edible beauty and i actually interviewed the founder anna for the book and she okay i should probably talk about the product first so (laughs) i love pretty much yeah a lot of my beauty skincare is from edible beauty but this particular product is incredible so it's the desert lime flawless micro exfoliant So I usually use an oil-based cleanser to get my makeup off because I wear a lot of eye makeup and I find that it's just the most gentle way of doing it without drying my skin out. But I always use this after I remove my makeup and I always find there's still makeup there even though you think you've got it all off and this just gets it all off and it's incredible. So it's gentle enough to use every day because it has little rice particles in it. But I can't recommend this product more because you feel like you cleanse your skin and then you use this you're like oh my god this is like now I feel clean yeah um, but I really wanted to talk about this product because doing the work that I do I've met the most amazing inspiring people and Anna's Anna's one of them and she's she was an investment banker actually before she started Edible Beauty so we have a sort of similar um, career path but she is one of the most warmest people I've ever met and she's you know with 101 especially she's been so generous with her contacts and her advice and you know she's become like a real friend and someone that I really turn to for support and she's been great and I just think that you know there's a lot of stigma I think about the fashion and beauty industry like it's cutthroat and people are really bitchy and you know everyone's trying to get to the top but I've been so fortunate to meet the most open and warm people through my journey and I feel so fortunate to call a lot of them friends if we all can be supportive then we can all be successful together you know that it's not an exclusion thing like just because you're successful doesn't mean the other person has to be unsuccessful so I think that meeting people who are like-minded it's been like one of the most exciting things about what I'm doing
0: now. Exactly, there's not a a finite number of successful people that can exist in the world at once. Exactly. So so important to support and lift each other up. I do have lots of questions about 101, which we will get to soon. But obviously we've spoken about couturing. You also have the digital marketing um, company Taylor Group what made you decide to start that?
1: It's funny because I think at the time, um, so Tom and I were both working. So after tax, I moved to Witchery. So I was there for about a year and then Tom was at Cotton On at the time. So we were sort of working that marketing space and like we always loved doing our own thing. And I think that was sort of evident to me early on with couturing. So we both decided that we would try and do couturing full time. That was actually how it started. Brands started coming to us to say, can you create content, um, like sponsored content on the site? We're like, yep, great, we can do that. And then they started coming to us to say, hey, can you actually just create content, but just for our channels? And we're like, okay, cool, we, we can do that too. And then we started seeing a gap in the market for that. And at the time, digital marketing and the work that we do for our clients now wasn't even a job back then. Um, it was still such a new space. So, social media management, content creation, that was so new and, you know, brands were only just getting onto Instagram, just getting onto Facebook. So we sort of came in at the right time and we have the most amazing team of people. So they really allowed us to to grow and um, create a little niche in the market. You know, our team, honestly, some of the most talented people I've ever worked with. Like they're incredible. They're so driven and the way they look after our clients and look after each other it's so inspiring to be around every day
0: so obviously you've got a few different things happening at once but you mentioned that kind of tailor is more your your day job what does it if there is such thing as a a normal average day for you what does that look like
1: well I, I do quite like a little bit of routine so I um I usually get up at about five um to go to f45 i just i just i'm one of those people i'm in the cult i just (laughs) all i seem to talk about is f45 and i keep catching myself i'm like you must talk about something other than f45 (laughs) um so i usually get up go to f45 in the morning i love starting off my day doing exercise i i'm not one of those people who exercises after work i just there's just a million and one excuses that will happen. So I like to get my exercise out of the way early. Then I'll take Wolfie for a walk. And then most of my work with um, Taylor Group is usually in meetings. So I I've got, to, I wouldn't even say it's work. I get to meet amazing people all the time and talk to them about their businesses and um, find out what problems they're facing and see if we can help them in any way. Really, I've got the easiest job in the world. I just talk to people, talk to them about how amazing my team is. And then, yeah, that's... Pretty much, you know what I do in my day to day job, and then after hours is when I usually spend time doing 101. So, uh, might be packing product, which is what I did the whole <laughs> the whole weekend. I'm so tired today. <laughs> Making product, doing admin, social stuff. So, I think when you have your own business, like you never have a day off. Like you're never you never switch off. You're just always like there's always some part of you that's always on and focused and open to opportunities which I find really exciting but I think the challenge for me is being able to switch off and not feel guilty so you know watch a crime show without feeling like I should be on my emails or you know doing a million and one other things as well so I think that's the biggest challenge when you run your own business it's working out how to take a bit of downtime so you don't burn out.
0: Now your third product on your list is a mask and I haven't used this one before but I did look it up and I was shocked at the price. It's like a ninety-nine.
1: It's so cheap but it's so good.
0: It's, <laughs> so what is it? Tell us about it.
1: It's the Innisfree My Real Squeeze Mask. So Innisfree actually launched in Australia in March earlier this year and to be honest I hadn't really heard of them before um, they launched in Australia but Joanna in our team she was an Innisfree devotee and a few of my friends since then I've realized like they would go overseas and buy Innisfree and bring it back here because it's so cheap and it's it's actually Korea's number one um, beauty brand so and obviously K-Beauty is huge so I was very excited to check it out and I was so shocked that it was so cheap to be honest and natural which is great So this is the, I've got the aloe vera mask here, and this is probably my favorite. And they've got, in this, my real squeeze mask range, they've got a whole lot of different flavors, including broccoli, which is really random, tomato, shea butter, cucumber, rosemary, tea tree, rose, like anything, like almost like any vegetable you can think (laughs) of. And these are great. I actually use them. I always say to people, you should get these. It's like cheaper than coffee. And I use probably... Three a week, two or three a week, and I just find it really hydrates my skin. And the next morning, um, every time I'm putting my makeup on, I can I can tell like my skin is it just goes on a lot smoother.
0: From what I can see on your Instagram, it seems like you do a fair bit of traveling, like New York, I think, in the past. Month or two months, you've been to Paris. You've been to New York. What is your favorite city?
1: I love okay, excluding Melbourne because I'm a diehard, diehard Melbourne girl. Uh, I love New York. Like the energy over there is incredible. Uh, You know the it's weird. I first went to New York in two thousand and I think eleven, and I thought, is this going to be like what you see in the movies? And I remember getting off the plane and then. Walking around the city for the first time. And it's so hard to explain, but the city really has an energy. And I don't know whether it's because of the population density and there's just so many people squashed into this one place, but you literally walk around and I couldn't wipe the smile off my face. I just felt like anything is possible here so I was really lucky this year to, to travel there two times for work and I met some amazing amazing people over there one of my friends Ward he's, like, he's actually an Australian artist look him up he's at Uh he's from Melbourne but he's moved over there he's been over there for five years we did some really fun things when I was over there and that actually sort of ties in nicely into my Next product, which is fragrance. I actually love buying new fragrances when I'm traveling because I feel like it's such a great way to take you back to that moment. So uh, Ward introduced me to this fragrance, the Tom Ford Neroli um portofino aqua when i was over there my recent trip so if i put it on here it just sort of reminds me of those sort of fun times of being in new york and then the other fragrance which i wanted to talk about was the Teak. i have no idea how to actually pronounce this i realize um i
0: was actually i'd framed the question so i didn't have to say so it. i'm gonna give it a go you go for it
1: philosophus i think that's totally wrong so apologies to diptyque if that's completely <laughs> wrong. But um, this is the fragrance I actually wore when my husband and I eloped. So we eloped to Paris. As you do. Yeah. So we were engaged for four years. So we've been going out for 11 years. So a really long time. Poor guys had to put up with me for that long. <laughs> he proposed actually in Japan when we were traveling. And we were in, in a lake at the bottom of Mount Fuji um, in a boat in the shape of a swan. <laughs>
0: Are you in a rom-com? I feel, like,
1: I feel like it is like a bit like of a rom-com story. And so, yeah, he proposed and then we were engaged for four years. And I think by the time we decided to elope to Paris, people had forgotten that we were even engaged because we, t- we took so long. Because most people, I think, you know, after a year, you know, they're sort of getting married and they do the wedding. And, and over time, we realized I don't think the traditional style wedding is for us. Um, he's quite private and I'm extremely introverted. So the thought of walking down the aisle with everyone looking at me was like my worst nightmare. So we had a trip planned to to Europe and then we thought, why don't we just do our vows in Paris? So I reached out to Tony Matachevsky, he's like my favorite designer and he's an amazing, amazing um, person as well. And he, was preparing for fashion week at the time and I think he was he's honestly incredible I think two weeks out and he's like okay I'm gonna start making like this 50 piece collection I'm like
0: oh my god how are you doing
1: this and so I think a couple of months before I trip I said oh is there any chance you can make a dress for me that's gonna squash into a suitcase and he's like yep no worries and then I didn't hear from him for a couple of weeks I'm like are you still able to make it? He's like, yeah, yeah. And he wasn't stressed out. So I'm like, okay, I I won't be stressed out then. And he made the most beautiful dress. And then the problem was Paris is at the end of our trip and I'm not someone who can diet. So the whole trip we're going through um, Italy and I was just eating so much pizza and pasta. And we we went to Lithuania and ate so many potatoes and then Prague. I was just eating, eating, eating. I'm like, this is going to be a disaster. I'm not even going to fit into the dress, but I think it's doing so much walking, thank God it fit. But this When I spray this fragrance, it sort of takes me back to that moment where we just did our vows, which was just the two of us, and then we had a photographer and he took some photos for us at 6 o'clock in the morning <laughs> around, you know, the beautiful parts of Paris. So it's such a nice memory, and I think fragrance's smell is such a powerful scent that, you know, it can really transport you back to a particular moment in time, which is so incredible.
0: And was the day as magical as you had envisioned it would be?
1: Yes, yeah, it was... I think because it was so personal you can really focus on why you're doing it then it doesn't become about you know you don't get caught up in oh the flower's okay is the food coming out on time is you know everything going right you're really just there to say okay we want to celebrate the fact that we found someone you know that you share a deep connection with and you want to support and be there unconditionally for so being able to focus on that and celebrate that was really was really amazing Mm -hmm.
0: I met your lovely husband just before and it's obvious <laughs> and, and hearing that, that you guys have such a special relationship and partnership but you've also in recent years established a business partnership together as well with 101 lifestyle tell us a bit about where that idea came from and, and the process how has it has it been come- working together and building a business and another business
1: yeah it's it's been a very interesting process and I think because we know each other so well it's been an enjoyable process because he knows exactly how to annoy me and piss me off and I know he's he's very tolerant of me I must admit I'm quite a unique character (laughs) with quite a severe shopping addiction. But it was really funny. I think we were on holiday a couple of years ago and I was thinking about, you know, why toothpastes and toothbrushes and things in your bathroom like were so ugly, for for (laughs) want of a better word. I just thought this is so strange because we use it every day and it's almost like a ritual, getting up, you know, having your coffee or doing whatever you do in the morning, brushing your teeth, and then you do that before night. And I'm a very visual person, so I do like, you know, obviously being my home, you can see I love black and white, It's pretty much no color in here. So I just said to him, why is there no beautifully designed toothbrush and toothpaste and mouthwash? And at the time there was really nothing on the market, it was just the mainstream place because this was about three and a half years ago. And then we thought, why don't we just create something? And God, like I look back now and think, if I knew what I I knew now about the process, would I have? Would we have even done it? I'm not sure. You know, and that was something that really came across when I was talking to fashion designers in particular. I think that naivety of just not knowing how hard it's going to be is almost a positive thing because you just go, like right, how hard can it be? Let's just do it." So we started looking into the the idea, and we started looking into the to the ingredients and we soon realized that a lot of the mainstream brands had a lot of chemicals in them which are really bad for you SLS sodium lauryl sulfate being probably the the worst one and that's the thing that makes um you know your toothpaste foam and your, your shampoo foam and that it's something that people associate with getting clean so it's re- it's actually really difficult to then try and educate the market that that's actually the stuff that's bad for you so we started looking into what people would want from oral hygiene products and we realised that you know people want obviously fresh breath. They want their teeth to be whiter, and they, you know, common things are like ulcers and sensitive gums. So we found a formulator who um, used to work for Glaxo, and she wanted to specialise in that natural space. So we sort of gave her the brief, and we worked with her. And we had so many iterations of the product. So we really wanted to the product to be something that we were really proud of um, and that we would spend our money on so that was the formulation part and that took so long and we made so many mistakes not only with the formulation but the packaging god we made heaps of mistakes with the packaging
0: was the original packaging vastly different to what we see now
1: it's the brand is always I think from the start we we always were very clear about the design element so it was always going to be black and white it was one on one because we wanted to take it back to basics and just kind of strip away all the marketing jargon um you know if you look at your you know your normal toothpaste there's just so many things on there like twenty four hour protection forty eight hour whitening all that sort of stuff I'm like I don't even understand what's going on here I just want to brush my teeth <laughs> so we knew that we wanted the brand to be really modern minimalist so I think More so the actual fabrication, the packaging, I think, changed over time. So we were looking at aluminium, for example, for the toothpaste, and we realized if you're squeezing it every day, it's just going to split. So a lot of our um, decisions were sort of based around function and style. So it's sort of just finding that balance between something that's going to work but still look good at the same time. Uh, so we were just really lucky to work with some we've got some amazing people that we've found along the way and you know like I said before Anna's been a great part in um, referring me to a lot of different people so yeah I think it's it's been a long journey and I think it, it's almost like you don't realize how long it takes just to get a product on the shelf you know when we first we were getting quotes to get you know tubes made they're like yeah, it'll take th- about three or four months we're like three or four months I want it now I want it tomorrow and I think that's just the way we think you know we sort of want everything instantly so we We've had to force ourselves to be patient and you know say okay, this is going to take time, so you know you don't realize that if you don't get that for three months, that means that you know the next stage can't happen. So, I think the three and a half years was just us making a lot of mistakes and and you know misjudging timelines but you know I think along the way we learned a lot about the way we like to work together and it's the same with Tom I think we just like to have really clear tasks otherwise because people have such different ways of working as soon as you put two people together on the same task you know you might have someone who's Very organized. Like, I like to be really organized and I want to have things planned out. Whereas other people, like, you know, leave it to the last minute, it'll be fine, and that would stress me out. So I think if you have a business partner, it's good just to say, okay, you're responsible for that, you're responsible for that, and just understand how each other likes to work.
0: Can you tell us a bit more about? included and what what the actual products are
1: yes so we have a charcoal a natural charcoal mouthwash a natural charcoal toothpaste and a charcoal toothbrush so like i mentioned when we were first starting out creating 101 people obviously want white teeth and we started doing research and the thing that kept coming up over time and time again was charcoal for whitening teeth charcoal for whitening teeth it's a natural teeth white and we're like okay great um, and I don't know if you've tried those charcoal powders that people, you know, you saw all over Instagram. They're as messy as all hell. Yes. So I'm like, I ain't doing that. So the products look really dark, but they actually come out like quite a light gray when you use them. So don't feel intimidated by them. But I think the biggest thing to know about these products is that obviously because they're natural, they, their performance will be slightly different to say a mainstream product, especially the toothpaste, which is a coconut based formula. So it doesn't foam up. And it can get quite it's a little bit watery if it's uh if it's really hot because it's that coconut oil based. So if you use coconut oil based products I think you'll understand the challenges of using but I think that's the compromise if you've got if you want to have that natural um coconut oil base. Like the products will go a bit softer when it's hot.
0: And I think that's kind of reassuring because otherwise you're kind of thinking, what is in this to make it like so impenetrable from like nature?
1: Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, so we're really excited. So this is the little kit that, you know, I bring on the plane. And for me, there's nothing better than brushing your teeth on a plane. I don't know why it makes me feel so refreshed. It sounds really daggy, but I just love it. So I just take it with me when I'm flying or I have it at work actually because in between meetings, I find that the little mouthwash, it's like a hundred mil, I always have one in my handbag because if you go in between, I'm always in meetings during the day. So I'm running in between coffees and lunches. So I like freshening up in the bathroom in between meetings. So I'm really, really proud of it. Like it's taken us a long time to get to where we are today, but I'm so appreciative of the fact that we get to, you know, have a product out there.
0: 101 launched into Mecca. I think it was last month.
1: Yes. In October, October October, October the second.
0: Was that just a pinch, pinch me moment, especially given how hard you've been working on it for three and a half years to finally see it.
1: It was honestly one of the, I even look back now and it just feels so surreal. And we had, a a PR event for Mecca a couple of months before we launched in store and they put together this beautiful event they had media there up in Sydney and they put together a stand with our product and they decorated it stunningly and I walked in there and saw that and I started crying like it was so embarrassing but I think just all of the the work that you've put in and the time, like the literally the blood, sweat and tears that have gone into it. And to see it there, I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. And then we got to the chance to talk to the media about it and that was really fun. And then uh, to be perfectly honest, I just, I think until I saw it in the store, I just couldn't quite believe that we we're in Mecca because I've been shopping at Mecca for years. And when we created the brand, for me, that was like the the store that I wanted to get into. And I just thought, what are the chances? I don't know. This is like blue sky stuff i don't know if this is ever going to happen and we were so fortunate they took a chance on us and you know they're willing to to say okay yeah we'll, we'll give you guys a go and they've been great they've been really supportive so it's been really exciting to go into the different stores and we've set ourselves a goal like we want to try and go into every Mecca store and see every see all the staff and actually talk to them and find out you know what their thoughts are on the product and you know the other day I was in there and I saw a customer looking at it and I walked up and I was like hi, hi. <laughs> Great choice. Um, yeah. I was like, yeah, you definitely need that product. Um, And I introduced myself and it was really nice to be able to talk to them and explain the product. And we definitely want to get out there more and meet people. And, you know, people have been so supportive and they've messaged me um, to say they bought the product and, you know, sent me photos of it in store. So I've been so lucky to have amazing people around me, people that I know, but even complete strangers, you know, who I might have just met through social, like to have people like that like to have the support of people that I don't even know has been so it's almost been overwhelming but so it's been really lovely
0: and I mean we spoke about this briefly before but for anyone who has that kind of idea bubbling away in the head whatever that may be you've done it several times with all the different things that you do are you an advocate for just jumping in and doing it or taking the time to to plan everything to perfection and, and going only when you finally know you have all the answers.
1: Absolutely. Just jump straight in and don't wait. Because if you wait, I think the problem is like, I'm definitely a planner, but at the same time, I, I know that can't, like, if you wait and plan everything out, cross every T, dot every I, like, someone else is going to do it before you, or you, you, you'll talk yourself out of it. And God knows, I've, you know, rushed in and, and done so many, started so many businesses. <laughs> so the ones that you've seen are just one of many that I've attempted. I just, I think I, I'm addicted to it or something. I have a very addictive personality, but I would hundred percent say, go and do it. Just start it and tell people around you that you're doing it. And don't be afraid to do that because I think you'll find that a lot of people will want to support you, whether it's purchasing your product or it's looping you in with someone who might be able to help you like a contact that they might have I do find that you know like attracts like so if you go out there and give something your best go like the universe will send people your way who can help you out so a hundred percent just just do it just dive straight in (laughs) great
0: advice now the next product on your list is a hair mask that you rave about so it's on the slightly slightly more expensive side of things but you assure me that it's worth it what tell me about it and why is it so great
1: this is this product is actually incredible so my hairdresser mark b my hairdresser in albert park is amazing i've been seeing him for i think four or five years now and with Asian hair if you don't tone it right it goes really orange or red so when I first met him I'm like no orange no red no orange no red he's like yep got it and he's been amazing with my hair ever since but he always tells me off because I never do a hair mask and and do hair treatment so he's like you've got to do it your hair's gonna be really dry I'm like okay sorry I just find I can't lie to him so it's really bad he knows that I've been really lazy so I started doing some research on on the internet and I came across this product which is the Christophe Robin oh my god there's a lot of French words on here (laughs) but this is the regenerating mask with rare prickly pear seed oil I've tried quite a few hair masks and I find a lot of them really weigh your hair down. And I don't like that feeling of like oily hair or hair that just doesn't feel light. So I found that this one um, had a lot of great reviews online. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to give it a go. I spend so much on dyeing my hair. I've got to look after it. And literally after the first use, my hair felt like, I don't know if angel baby hairs like I don't even know what that phrase is. I think I might have it read it on good. one of the reviews. Yeah, it literally just felt like my hair was new again. And then I've been using it instead of conditioner ever since, just a little bit when I wash my hair. Or if I'm, say, doing chores around the house, I'll put it in for like an hour or two hours. And it, it, it's honestly so, it's worth every penny. Like really fantastic.
0: My bank account <laughs> is not going to like you, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> We've spoken a bit about social media. And obviously, from what you do, you have quite a, not quite, you have a big following on Instagram. Um, And I mean, if you scroll through your feed, there are a few things that stand out. You love a white dress, which you were wearing a white white dress dress today, actually, as well. But it's interesting, actually, being in your house today, because what we see, we've come to believe that social media doesn't always show, and it doesn't always show the reality of life, but what you're living in and what you put on social media, is quite consistent. So do you – but do you sometimes feel that there is a pressure to either showcase just the highlights or do you feel that now we're kind of moving towards showcasing more of the reality?
1: Definitely feel the pressure to produce imagery. And, and I mean, that's just really pressure I put on myself because – I don't want to put something on that's completely not genuine like I like this is my home I genuinely love the things that I share so I feel like there is a expectation that you maybe don't show your life warts and all because I mean really does anyone want to see me eating Uber Eats in my pajamas um, every night of the week probably not so I don't feel you know I don't think people necessarily want to see that but what I would like to do more of is talk about things that I'm really passionate about so things like diversity or I'm encouraging people to go and do their own things um, and take a risk but even I guess things like anxiety which I think more and more people are opening up and talking about and it's funny because even when I see people talk about on social media I think you've got anxiety that seems crazy like you seem like you have your whole life together and you know I've definitely faced issues with anxiety in the past and still to this day and I've probably not been as open as I should be on social media about that because I think there is the perception that you know you can look at someone's life and go they've got everything together you know they're living such amazing life but in reality like they don't you don't see is like you know I was literally sitting there in my pajamas on the weekend packing, <laughs> packing one-on-one stuff and getting things ready for that so you know I think for me it's working out what that what to share and what not to share because I do want to keep some things private but at the same time I do want to show that hey it's not just completely you know beautiful bags and white dresses like there is like I do I work really hard and I'm really proud of that
0: I think that is also an important distinction when we are talking about being real on social media that doesn't mean I mean talking about all the private issues that you have, if you want to share it, that's great. But to say that you have to is kind of just putting another different form of pressure.
1: Absolutely. it's a, Social media is such a funny thing because it, I've met so many amazing people through social media um, and it has really enabled me to meet people that I probably wouldn't have otherwise met, which I really love. So I think it's just working out the way to communicate to people, I guess, be able to showcase who you are but in a way that you feel comfortable.
0: Getting to the final two products on your list. And one of the last ones is, I think I'm actually wearing it today. I am. It's one of my favorites. The It Cosmetics CC Cream.
1: Does anybody not love this product?
0: <laughs> it's never in stock when I want it. So when it is, I'm like, I need to buy three at a time.
1: I know. It's honestly the, like... It's incredible, this product. It um, My business partner, Tom, actually got me onto this. It really is like your skin but better, exactly like what the name says. It's funny because makeup these days I find is moving into the skincare space as well. So this one is anti-aging. It's got SPF in it. But I think makeup these days is more than just about color cosmetics. It really – like there's so many ingredients now that they pack in to actually treat your skin while you're wearing it, which I think is a really positive thing because if you're wearing it all the time, like you want to make sure – that. that. your skin's not getting dehydrated um you know you can fight the signs of aging you can you know protect it from the sun so this product I find is such a great it offers like the best coverage without it being really cakey like foundation but it's still light so it doesn't feel really heavy on your face and I found that other BB and CC creams like they just don't cover anything they kind of just tint your face but that's about it so you can still see redness you can still see pigmentation but this one is the holy grail of foundation CC BB creams it's amazing
0: Hands down. And I'm always curious, do you apply with a sponge, a brush or your hands? I
1: love using my hands. and I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. I
0: think it's good because then you can really work it into your, your skin. And a lot of makeup artists actually use their hands for everything. That's my my justification for when I, I have to clean so. my brushes <laughs> <when you laughs> use my hands.
1: It, you know what? It's, I'm really lazy. So I just feel like, you know, I tried to get a beauty blender and like I just... I'm just too lazy to wash it and I'm lazy with my brushes. So I, I sort of sometimes use a brush, but I think my hands, I just feel like I can, it gives like a nice natural finish and I usually mix it in with like an illuminator. So I love Becca, the illuminating skin perfecting liquid in Opal. Yep. I think that's the one. So I usually mix it in with a bit of illuminator because I want that dewy finish.
0: Now we've spoken a bit about all the incredible people you've, you've met during your career. Was there anyone in particular that you really felt quite starstruck by meeting or that you you were really excited or nervous to meet oh,
1: to be honest like when I first met Tony that was like one of the early events um Tony Manachewski when I first met him I was like oh my god it's Tony Manachewski I was like at a admire event and he was there talking to people and he was so down to earth and just so lovely I just thought wow like for someone so talented you're just i don't know like a really approachable and i at no stage did i and I, and i know i would have been rambling like a crazy person but at no stage did i ever feel like he you know he probably wanted to get away but he never made me feel like y- you're a crazy crazy person and you know i'm really lucky now we've become friends and you know i've been lucky to work with him over the years on some projects we've done some really cool things for fashion week with him so being able to see him in his element has been insane like he's so calm and you know you you look at his whole team even though you know fashion week is crazy and mad He's just so calm and I think that really filters down to the rest of his team and that a business owner that really taught me like you have to be so calm even when the shit hits the fan and everything's falling apart around you, your team are going to look to you and if you're just absolutely falling apart, they're going to fall apart too so... Even if you're dying inside, you just keep going. Like everything's going to be okay and you just work on finding a solution because I think nothing comes from being stressed out and then getting everyone else around you stressed out. You've just got to suck it up and go, "Okay, how are we going to fix this or how are we going to, you know, move forward?"
0: It's like that analogy, something like a duck in water, like you appear really calm on the surface and you're 100%
1: me. 100% me. <laughs> <laughs> me in my normal life, I think. That's just, yeah, I, I would say that's actually probably just me in my normal life running around behind the scenes going crazy, wondering how I'm going to tick off one thing off my to-do list, um, but trying to appear calm on the surface.
0: In the eight years since you started couturing, the digital space has changed so much. I mean, even you saying when you started Taylor Group Digital Marketing, the whole concept of what we now know it to be was so different. What do you think the biggest lesson you've learnt forging your own career in that space has been?
1: I think digital is such a powerful medium because for two reasons, actually. Firstly, it gives brands a way to connect directly with their audience, which is something that has not been possible before. So they can literally put polls out on Instagram story and say, would you like to see this dress in red or black or they can put out you know a picture of a new campaign and immediately get a reaction and I think that's incredible for brands to be able to talk directly with their customers you know I know that when I post stuff for 101 or when people do stories I'm like oh my god thank you so much for sharing and you know if you have any feedback please let me know so I think that that's such a powerful medium for doing that it's also in terms of even just the digital marketing space speaking technically brands and, and it's probably a bit controversial but I know you know. Brands like Facebook and Instagram, they have so much data on us. And it means that they can be really targeted with their ads. And it's not a terrible thing if your marketing is a lot more relevant to you. Well, that's how I see it anyway. Because I'm like, I don't want to see something from Bunnings. Like, you know, I don't really care if a lawnmower is half price. But what I do want to see is that, you know, David Jones is having a sale or, you know, one of my favorite designers is having a sale. So I think from that perspective as a consumer, I do love that the content that I'm seeing is a lot more targeted towards my interests.
0: Who is someone that has had a real impact on you? and that can be personally or professionally that you feel has really shaped you into who you are and what
1: you do. Someone who's had a, a huge impact on where I am today is my business partner, Tom. It's really interesting because we at work do the Mya Briggs, well, we do the personality test and Tom and I are complete opposite. So I'm so surprised we haven't killed each other yet. He's really encouraged me over the years to communicate better and speak my mind because I'm someone who, I'm a real conflict avoider. So I just I just don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. I'd rather just, you know, do something myself, then upset someone. So he's given me the confidence to really sort of talk up and, you know, believe in myself and believe in my opinions, which I think is really great. And he's very, you know, I've come from quite a conservative background, and he's very risk seeking, I would almost <laughs> say. So, you know, I think starting off working with him, I was like, oh my god, this guy's crazy, like <laughs> all the stuff that he wants to do. And then over the years, I'm like, I just trust him. Like, we genuinely love what we do we love our team and we love our clients so I think having that genuine passion for what you do and that's what we look for in our team like people who genuinely want to do digital marketing and want to do a great job you can pretty much teach anything you know you can teach someone how to take a good photo you can teach someone how to build a website but what you can't teach is that hunger to learn that passion for your craft Um, I think that's really what we have found you know I you know I actually don't think I could do a business without a business partner so I'm really lucky to have Saul with 101 and Tom with um, Taylor Group I feel like finding someone that you or even people can be multiple people you know I think you need to find people who will push you and support you so they won't just push you out there and encourage you to go out there and leave you hanging out there (laughs) (laughs) um they'll be there to help you think outside the square or take a chance and take a risk and yeah those sort of people are, are Really valuable, and when you find them, you you hold on to them for dear life.
0: Exactly, as you said, is kind of like the secret to success. And what you hear multiple times from successful people like yourself is that you can't do it alone. It's identifying not necessarily your weaknesses, but areas that aren't your strengths. You focus on your strengths and you find some with with complementary strengths. And when you go together, that's when kind of the magic happens.
1: 100% right. I could not agree with that more. And I think, you know. It's also being aware of what your weaknesses are and not being afraid to say that.
0: Now, we've actually reached your final product that you'll be taking with you to Beauty Island. So sad. Which is a budget-friendly mascara. Yes. Which I'm all for. Love a budget-friendly mascara. So which one is your pick? What's your favorite?
1: This is the L'Oreal False Lash X Fiber. That's how you pronounce it. Mascara. Can I tell you, it is so hard to find a mascara that has the primer and the mascara in the one wand.
0: So you're a lash primer fan?
1: I'm a real lash primer fan because I've got no eyelashes. I've got the sparsest eyelashes and at one stage I was really addicted to eyelash extensions and I think all my eyelashes fell out so I was like bald for a while but with a lot of Asian eyelashes they're straight and they point down so it's a real pain in the butt to get good mascara and you really do need that primer because otherwise you're just putting mascara on the shortest little things and it doesn't work so it's really weird i I'm always on the lookout for a good primer but I'm a pretty lazy person and also extremely messy so the more things I have the more things get lost so these two-in-one products like the it cosmetics to like you know the sunscreen and the cc cream this primer and mascara in one like those are what I do love because I just lose things otherwise
0: and now for What many of my guests say is the hardest question of them all is as i'm casting you off to beauty island and i've made you talk about eight products but i'm only going to let you take one actually with you but i'm going to send you loads of sunscreen so you will not get burned because obviously very passionate about spf looking after your skin but if you could pick just one product to take with you because it's the most special or it has the loveliest memories which one of your products would you pick
1: that's a really unfair question
0: You're actually staring longingly at all, I know. all the products that you've got in front I'm of you. I'm feeling
1: that I'm going to need to just hide some of them <laughs> and sneak them on. I feel like it's a cop out if I say the mouthwash. So I would love to take the mouthwash. I think I'd, I think I'd take the stiller, the iPod. I don't really like going out of the house without having my eye makeup on. So I like, I actually enjoy putting makeup on because I, it just makes you feel good you know and I it sounds so superficial but mm. it just gives you that confidence and you feel great you know when you're having a good skin day and you're just like yeah I feel fantastic there's there's a real power in makeup and I yeah so I think I would say the stiller um and then I would try and sneak the mouthwash <laughs> on somehow
0: <laughs> excellent Lisa thank you so much it's been such a pleasure talking with you thank you so much thank, thank you, you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beauty Island. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, it would mean the world to me if you could give the podcast a five-star rating and even write a review if you have time and you're listening on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Beauty Island is a very small independent podcast and that really helps other beauty lovers find us. Even better, tell or send it to a friend who you think would enjoy it. You can listen on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, and it's completely free to listen and subscribe. You can also find me on Instagram at Beauty Island Podcasts, and if you've got questions, a recommendation for a guest you'd love to hear on the show, or feedback, My email address is beautyislandpodcast at gmail.com. You can find it along with the show notes of all the products that we've talked about today and where you can find Lisa in the show notes of the episode. To find those, just click on the more details next to the episode. Thank you very much. And until next time, bye bye.